want to I want to discuss one idea, and uh, that is that on the one hand, the various scientific methods of dating time, whether it's dating the age of trees by the amount of rings on the trees, dating the distance of the stars by the amount of the light, how long it takes to reach us, how many million light years it takes to reach us, whatever it's going to be. So science has various ideas about how long the universe has lasted for. Now once again, this isn't necessarily the forum for uh, in detail the topic, but there is uh, one point to bear in mind which definitely answers some, some of the questions. It's given a name, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, it's called the Amphilus Theorem. And what it basically means is like this. We know that when Hashem created the world, in what stage does Hashem create the world? In other words, when Hashem creates the world and He wants to make trees, so Hashem didn't plant seeds in the ground and then wait 15, 20, 30, 40 years, how long it's going to take for the trees to grow. Right? He planted, when Hashem wanted there to be trees, so that on the, on the day they were created, they were created as fruit-bearing trees. When Hashem creates Adam Arishon, He doesn't create him as a baby who has to grow up and takes 10, 20, however many years it is to reach adulthood. He creates him as an adult. The Gemara says this in two places. It says, Kol Nevru. Which means, Maesibrechus was created and it's fully grown and it's adult if you want to say it. Now, therefore, if imagine that you were there to witness the day that the trees were created. And you witness Canadian and you see all the trees laid out, all the, everything already, like all the orchards or whatever it is, the fruit is of Canadian bearing fruit. And you would think, wow, this, this has been around for quite a long time. For all these trees to have grown and developed to the stage they are now, it must have been 10, 20, 30 years, however long it takes, depending on the trees that are involved. So I would imagine my separations would have been 30 years ago. Why? Because I know how long it takes for a tree to develop from seed to sapling to tree to the size the trees are now. And therefore I would imagine that if I'm seeing fully grown trees, it must have been a long time after they were originally, they were originally so to speak, planted as seeds. And that would be wrong, because Hashem created them that day. Because He created them in the adult form, in the fully grown tree form. Same thing. If I meet Adam Arisha on the day he's created, on the sixth day of creation, so I'm meeting an adult who's already had children. On the day he's created, he right, the Gemara tells us that Cain and Hevel were born the same day. So I'm talking about somebody, I would say for sure, he's at least old enough to be an adult, plus nine months to have to until the children were born. So I would imagine that Adam's creation must have preceded the day I meet him by quite a long time. At least that's a 10, 15, 20, however many years it's going to be. And then once again, that's because once the system's in place, there's the amount of time the system takes to run. But Hashem didn't start from the beginning. He started from where He wanted it to be ready to go now. And now if this is a, simple, a simpler idea to understand, if we're going to extend this to a bigger picture, and that is, the same idea applies to the argument of how long does it take the light of the stars to reach us. So, even if we can measure light and distance, and we would say that, therefore, we want to position the world at millions of years old, because that's how long it would take light of these various stars to reach us, that's assuming it started from no light and had to eventually take time to get to us. Whereas if Hashem creates things that you meant to see the starlight, so He creates it with the light already at a stage where it reaches us. If that's the case, we don't have to go back in time. Now again, this is called a hypothesis, because it's not a 
it's not provable, it's a way to understand the Torah, but there's a logic in it. And the logic is, Hashem can do what He wants, He doesn't have to wait. So, the other option is saying that Hashem creates the star, and He knows it's going to take 10 million years, let's say, for the right of the star to reach the world, so now He's going to put everything on hold for 10 million years until the star reaches us, and then you can go to the next step and create a person. Same thing, if Hashem wants to lay the Garden of Eden, and He wants the trees to be there, so He's going to have to start years ahead of when he wants Adam to get to Ganadin, so that the fruit will have, the trees will have grown and be ready for Adam to come in. There's no reason for Hashem to do that. If Hashem wants to create a fully functional world, so that Adam can meet the world when it's fully functional, and the same thing for Adam himself. Hashem had no idea for waiting to create a child would have to grow up and only reach the stage of being an adult much later. Hashem wanted Adam to be the adult who could start doing what Hashem wanted him to do right away. So Hashem will create the world in the stage where he needs it to be for right, to start right now. No, he doesn't have to wait. Once the, the world was created, and then there's a process about how long things take to develop, how long things take to, so to speak, repeat the same process, so then it will take the amount of time it's meant to take. But Hashem doesn't have to wait for that. And therefore, when He created the world, He could create it in its fully de- developed state. And yes, it would look, from somebody as an outside observer, that it must have taken a long time to reach that state. That's because it's an assumption that it started from the beginning and had to get to that step. Right? Mashankan, if Hashem created in the state where it's already ready to go right now, so then there's no reason to wait out. Well, there's no reason Hashem doesn't have to wait, wait an amount of time for it to get there. He can start off at that point. Doesn't it even say that his food was like he drank wine and wine takes time to turn into wine and it, it didn't take any time? It was wine. Like I said, I don't know if it's a full analysis. There could be other arguments also. But at least to one, to some level, it, uh, it can explain what would otherwise seem to be proof of existence of which is way more time than the Torah gives us because things are much further away and like I said the stars to reach us or the rings of the trees would seem to indicate that the trees which are older than the time of Mice of Horatius were created like that we don't have a problem with, with the, and anyway creation is a miracle so to say Hashem created it in a way he wanted it to be we have other but there's a logic for that why would Hashem have to wait he created as he wanted it to start. Um, this isn't talking necessarily about the, the evolutionary theory. That's something else. And that's uh, now's not again not, not the time to discuss that if it works with Torah, doesn't work with Torah. But now we're talking about something else. Even things as we know them, without having changed at all, we seem to see things which have uh, have predated, so to speak, the Torah system. That we can explain. That we can understand. That. Uh, they were created at the stage they were because that's where Hashem wanted, so to speak, the world to start from. It had to be a functional world to start. Okay, that's on one point. So we are seeing in the Kazari that there's, he asks, the Kazari, the king asks him, according to your Hashem, how old is the world? And the Kazari tells him that the world is, in his time, was 4,500 years old. The, and he tells you why we know the cheshpun of all the generations from creation until today. I want to point out, like I did last time, that the Torah is the only system which claims to know that. Even though there are lots of ancient civilizations which we know a lot of information about. That's because we have information of the civilization as it existed. Whether it's the ancient Egyptians, or whether it's the various Indian tribes, or whether it's the various tribes in Mesopotamia, or other places like the Sumerians. Right? The Mesa is, they aren't giving us... A, a generation by generation description from Briya Soilam. We just know the times they lived in because we have the artifacts or the writings or the chronicles even of the periods which they were. So we have a very 
that's a good historical account of all the Greek kings. We have a good historical account of some of the Assyrian kings. We have a good historical account of some of the Egyptian monarchies. Whatever it's going to be, it gives us a lot of points, but none of them go back to Mycenaeus. The only account we have which gives us a generation by generation description of Mycenaeus is Zitar. and therefore the only the only way to categorically claim to know, right, to to say how old the world is based on a tradition is the tradition of the Torah. The aunts are the like father to son. Chains going right back to my separations. Okay, so that's the first thing that the uh, Kuzari says, and he says the veracity of the Torah is the fact that it's accepted by all Jews everywhere. Have you said last time already? And the king accepts that. He says that's, that, that, that's an argument which takes away the accusation. It could be that it's been contrived, because if, that, if it had been contrived, how would Jews all over the world be counting to the same calendar, be counting with the same dates? That's what we got to last time. Right. Now, the Chover is going to go back. The Chacham is going to go back and he's going to explain more detail on this point. Amr Chover. Aval Avramovinu Atzmai. Hayyabadara Palaga. Avramovin himself lived through the generation of the dispersion. Venisharhu Kraivav, Velashin Aver Avi Aviv. That's the Zenikri Ivri. He was called Avram by Ivri because he, would, he was left. With the language of the Ivrim, which goes back to Aver, was one of the grandsons of Shem. And in the time of the Palago, when the other nations split, so he didn't get split, he wasn't part of the communal efforts to build the Migdal Babel, therefore he wasn't scattered or given a different language like the other people were. So he remained with the original Lashon Ivri, which he had from before. So Abram was a witness to the events of Dara Palago. How long after Avraham Avinu lived did Moshe live? 400 years later. He came to a civilization which knew what they were talking about. They weren't primitive people. He came to the Egyptians who had a Messiah as well. The Egypt had been around for a long time. And he comes to present himself, Moshe, <coughs> to Paroi and the wise men of Egypt, as well as to the Chacham of Bnei Yisrael. The first people Moshe had to go to, to present his credentials, so to speak, as the leader, was the Klai Yisrael, who was coming to redeem. Now, Klai Yisrael then were the great-grandsons of Avraham Avinu. They weren't that far away from him. That, it was the sons of the Shvatim. Or the grandsons of the Shvatim. So we're not that far from Avraham Avinu. And they didn't necessarily accept him right away. They checked it out. They didn't necessarily believe straight away that Hashem had appointed Moshe. The, the, the first time that Klai Yisrael accepted everything Moshe said as being what Hashem told him was because like the Apostle says about Sarah Sadebris that Hashem said they're all going to hear Hashem speak and therefore they'll all realize that, Hashem, that what you're saying is what Hashem told you to speak. They've heard this uh, concept called Nebuah. They they knew that Moshe was chosen by Hashem, but they still blamed him. You made us do this, you made us do that. It was only the Shleim was that everything Moshe said was being fear Hashem when they came to Aserah Debris. That we'll learn, he'll talk about it. And the Pasuk says, Aserah Debris, now they're going to trust everything Moshe says forever. But that's the side point. He wants to say before that, when Moshe Benu came, so they were critical of him. 
wasn't because they were too stupid to understand Moshe. It was because they wanted to check. You know, we, it doesn't fit in with what we've been told from our ancestors that this is what the, what the redeem is meant to be. Because they were afraid that people could use tachpulas of chachmas, they could use trickery to try and prove things which wouldn't necessarily be true. It would be like a forgery. We're talking now beforehand. When Moshe first came to Jewish people, they didn't necessarily accept the story of what they just said. It was true. Now, Sorry? Was Aaron a Navi? Aaron was a Navi. 100%. And of course, Aaron, accepted, Aaron was the one who came to welcome Moshe. So they definitely had uh, the proof that the Navi that they had was there to ver- verify everything Moshe said. But the point the Kudori was to say is if Moshe was going to tell us stories about what happened in the time of the Dara Palaga, we're not talking so far back. We're not talking about ancient history, which there's no records of. From the time of Moshe ben, until the time of the dispersion of the Dara Palaga was 400 years. It's like us today talking about things which happened 400 years ago. Let's say the French Revolution or maybe the American Revolution, whatever it's going to be. It's not so far away. It's that, that it's lost in history. We have no idea of these things. So you're talking to people who knew, who had a Messiah. It wasn't a group of nomads. You're talking about civilizations, the Egyptian civilization. You're talking about Israel, who were the great grandsons of Avram, who had witnessed it. And Moshe is coming to tell them the story. How could it be that you could tell them the story about everyone had been one nation, had all spoken the same language, and then in the days of Peleg, the world had split into separate countries, or separate nationalities. And this Ummah comes from Yefes, He tells the history of all the nations of the world, and this is where they live, and this is their language, this is what they speak. Now, again, for us, it's something which we have no idea. Who, we don't know who these people were. Or who, or who are all these ancient nations? And who are we, we have no idea. So for us, okay, we, we, we have no way of verifying what the Torah says. But for people who were alive at the time, the nations were there. And he's saying, this nation is the Yafis nation. This is the Ham nation. This is whatever it's going to be. Right? They could find these things out. The nations hadn't disappeared. I mean, just for example, let's go to the first list. The, the first list. The nations which came from, from Ham were... Kush, Mitzrayim, Canaan. And Canaan had the Marim and the prison. These were the nations which they were living with. So Moshe can't make up the, a, a record of the, the, the nations which they're there with and say, you know where their language came from, you know what their ancestry was, I'm telling you the whole story about them. Go find out if it's true. You, they're here right now. You can talk to them. The, the people are there. Right? So Moshe is going to say, you know, they all came from Ham and they all spoke one language and then they split up afterwards. It means they have no history going back more than the Dara Palaga. Because that, that's where they started from. Can somebody come to us today and give us a false account of nations we know about? It's the same thing as Americans. Right? We say, I want to tell you where the Americans came from. They're there. They have a history. They know what they say. Right? Someone's going to come along and say, oh, no, it's all not true. They came from, they came from China. Why should we believe you? We know they have a very clear history. They know that this is their president since it started. They know where they came from before that, right? But we have a, a clear indication of what's going on, of the, the of the track of the history of the nation. So for someone to come and make up a new story, it's, it's very easy to deny it. It's very easy to prove it wrong. So it's exactly the same thing. When Moses coming to say 
in the Torah, you should know where the nation started from, the nations you, which are alive here today. I want to tell you where each nation came from. There was a Palaga, they all split. That's where they, this one went here, this one went there. They've got this language, they've got that language. Which means I'm telling you the history started from the Dara Palaga. Okay, go look at the nations you're living with. Who's denying it? Who says, no, what are you talking about? We're an ancient civilization. We've been speaking our language for 2,000 years before you, Moshe. Right? But you can't, you can't deny something like that. And uh, if you see that the Torah gives you a, a clear account of all the nations who were alive then, Ubedivraim, Uvel Shanoisam, the Adava Pachas, the Chamesh Meshana. I'm a little lost. Why, why is Moshe really seeing this? Like, well, if they saw Hashem speaking to them, then giving them this Torah, then why is he needle? We're not bringing a right to the, that Moshe saying that, that Moshe was not of Hashem. He's trying to prove the point he's going back to now, and that is the Torah's account of history. So what's the, ver- what's the raya we have? What's the verification of the Torah's account of history? So he said that the Torah's account of history, I'm just going to say it again, was to people who were still around. And he was talking about the, his- the history of the nations which Kaisal were around. He wasn't talking about somewhere else in the world. He was talking about where he was. So they were living with Mit- in Mitzrayim. And the Torah tells us the history of Mitzrayim. They were living, they were going to fight against Canaan. The Torah tells the history of Canaan. Ammon and Moab, two nations which they fought with the whole way through. The Torah tells you where they came from. But it says all this in the Chumash, so why does Moshe bring up to tell us over again tonight? That's when he told them. They didn't have the Chumash before Moshe. The Luchas. The Luchas isn't the Torah. The Luchas is the Aserah Sadebrus. Moshe told them the Torah. But then again, you're telling them facts, and there's not a fact which, which, is, which is you can make up. You're talking about the history of a country. It's like us discussing, I mean, maybe our neighbors are good at this, but uh, it's like the same logic as like, the Arabs coming on and saying, what are you talking about? There was no such thing as the best of English. It never existed. It's, no one's going to accept that. We know it did. We have proof that it did. We have excavations that it did. We have writings from the time. That's what you're going to do. There was never best of English. It's, it's, it's easily disputable. Right? The Torah says clear facts about the, the history of the Umas, but in a time where it could have been easily disputable, they were still there. But no one disputed it. Amr Akazari, you're right. You accept that argument. Zelayitachin. Right, the copy. You can't uh, you can't make up a story about other civilizations, other people, which isn't true, and they'll accept that. With the handwriting, manuscripts, just like Gazari said, you're right. The same thing today. Right? Nations which lived 500 years ago, or we have their the records from 500 years ago, you can't make up something about them. It's near enough in history that we know all the details. Right? Again, think about world history for the last 500 years. Right? It would be very hard to make up anything because everything is well known. Everything is well known. If the, and therefore, the most you could do is just expl- agree with the history, say the same thing. This is what happened. Right? But uh, to, to change it, to deny it, it's too near. And it's negated to the people who would know better than you, right? And as if you're going to talk about some ancient tribe. Okay, we can theorize whatever you want. No one did it tonight. But if you're talking about people who are around, countries which are there today, so they know better than, their, than you, their, their history. And therefore, if the Torah is talking about, in the, Torah, which was, in the time of Moshe, was talking about the people alive at the time of Moshe, the tribes which are there, the nations which they were, and the Torah is telling you the story of how they happened and where they started from, so that, that's the riot that the Torah is telling us an accurate account. Why is someone 